Hello everyone, welcome to the Shift Podcast number 27. I'm Alex and today I'm again joined by Tony. Hi Tony. Hi everyone, nice to be back. Tony, let's give our audience a hint of what today's podcast is about before we tell them. So when thinking about today's topic, I want to say, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. There are also some other proverbs that I could use to describe this topic, such as do unto others what you would have them done unto you. So these are all examples of our unconscious motivation to match the behavior of others. And it is why today's topic is reciprocity. Our tendency to want to reciprocate acts, to reward somebody else's action done unto us with another action. A typical example of where we see this in the consumer world is offering samples, as people are likelier to buy your product if they receive a sample first. Anthropologist Marshall Salins identified three types of reciprocity. Generalized, when we perform a positive act and we expect reciprocity sometime in the future. Balanced, where we expect a return of our act immediately. For example, exchanging secret Santa presents or buying rounds of drinks, it's an immediate exchange. And negative reciprocity, which is unbalanced reciprocity. It's either because one of the parties takes advantage of the other one or because one party gives to the other more than it receives. So, for example, if someone were to sell their house and they would be gently confiding in you that they really needed to sell that house as soon as possible to pay for their daughter's loan. And then you offer them a price lower than you initially wanted to as they would have to accept it because they need the money. Negative reciprocity could also account for you being nice to the person selling the house with the hope that they will sell it to you and not to the other bidder. So the seller here would receive kindness and if they accept your offer, even if it's slightly lower than they were hoping for, you receive a better offer for yourself as well. And there's also another classification of reciprocity, a simpler one, which does not take into account, if you will, the magnitude of the act, but rather direction. So positive reciprocity is when we react to a positive act with another positive one. And negative reciprocity is when we react to a negative act with another negative one. So when we repay in kind. And reciprocity really is incredibly useful at building strong ties and evolved because of building strong ties among communities, among loyalties. So that's a bit of a general line around reciprocity. Let's delve a bit now into how we see reciprocity in behavioral economics versus standard economics. Yeah, so reciprocity is an interesting topic because in standard economics, two of the key assumptions are that we are rational and we are selfish. So what this means is that if you're kind to me, I'm going to be selfish and there's no incentive for me to be kind to you back. Let's say we use your sample example from before, where if you're in a store and someone gives you a free sample, you're more inclined to buy the product because of positive reciprocity. Standard economic, you would only do that if it makes rational sense for you. So if you really wanted that product, you would buy it. The fact that someone gave you a free sample shouldn't have any impact on your decision. Of course, because of reciprocity, we find that we have an instinctive inclination to reciprocate the kind acts of others. So this is why reciprocity is so interesting because it's uh, something that's really evolutionarily ingrained in us. We've developed social norms and there's a very strong desire for us to behave in accordance with these social norms. Yeah, and it's a very good tool to keep communities together. I feel like we're once again going to be discussing one of your dissertation topics. So you did some work on instinctive versus effortful reciprocity. Would you be able to tell us more about it? Yeah, so for my master's, I was really interested in understanding whether or not reciprocity is something that is an instinctive decision in us, or if it's something that is effortful. So if it's something that we, you know, have to consciously think about, um, because 
even though we know that we have an innate desire to return the kindness of others and the cruelty of others, I was really interested to find out whether or not this was something that was like an instinctive reaction. Uh, so if someone's kind to us, is it instinctive that we're kind to them back? Or if it's something we have to think about. So if it's something like if our first gut reaction to someone being kind to us is, oh, that's nice, um, but we have to actually consciously think about being kind to them back, what our decision would be. Um, so that's what I was really interested in for my dissertation. So how I researched this was I conducted a experiment online with research participants, and uh, they played a game, what's called the trust game in game theory. There are two elements to it. There's one element of trust, where one person has to trust the other one or distrust the other one. And then there's an element of reciprocity. So if the person trusted you, you would expect them to reciprocate their trust and be kind to them. And if they didn't trust you, you would expect them to not reciprocate and not be kind to them. In a nutshell, so in the dissertation, I used a game theory game called the trust game, which is a two-person game. Let's say you and I are playing this game. Let's say you came to me with a guaranteed investment opportunity. There are three courses of action I could have taken. I can choose to trust you and give you a lot of money to invest. I can choose to reluctantly trust you and give you some money to invest, or I can not trust you and give you no money to invest. And in this game, the investment always works out. So my initial investment always makes money. And now if I trusted you, my money is now in your hands and you decide how much money you want to give back to me. And we assume that this game only happens once. So, you know, now that you have my money, you can choose to be completely selfish and keep all my money. You can choose to give me back a portion or, you know, you can choose to give me all the money that I earned back. So this is an interesting game because you can see there are a lot of dynamics here. And in standard economic theory, what would happen in this game is that we assume that people are selfish and rational. I know that you would keep all of my money um, and be completely selfish. So I would never trust you with my money in the first place, even though this is a guaranteed investment opportunity. But in behavioral econ, what happens is if I decided to trust you with my money, it's likely because of reciprocity, you would decide to give me a large portion of my money back. Whereas if I didn't trust you, you would not give me any money back. So it's interesting because uh, there's a hint of social norms here and wanting to accord by social norms. And so how I elicited instinctive versus effortful reciprocity in this case was I put half the participants who were randomly assigned into a time pressure uh, situation where they only had three seconds to make a decision on whether or not they wanted to uh, reciprocate the actions of others or not. So this is how I tried to see whether or not people were being instinctively reciprocal or effortful. Uh, I would compare the people who were in the tr time pressure situation versus those who were playing this game in a regular situation where you had a lot of time to make your decision. That's super interesting. And technically, also according to game theory, anything over zero on, on my return, I, I should be happy with, right? Yeah. And I should be happy to give you some of money back. Yeah. And that's really interesting. I think there were studies that shown that if you give someone, let's say $10 and you tell the participants that they have to share it or they have to negotiate a way to share it, they both keep them midway. So $5 as a frame of reference. So they both aim to get half because they think, oh, you know, half is, is just, is fair. But really anything over zero should be fine. So if they don't come to a conclusion, then none of them gets anything. So really, <laughs> it's better. Even if one of them gets nine and the other one won, then it's still better than 
aiming for five and not not reaching common grounds and then no one gets anything. Yeah, game theory is really good for that, for understanding how do we make decisions given that there are social norms in place. That was my dissertation, essentially in a nutshell. Thank you. Yeah, th- thanks for sharing that with us. It's very interesting. I thought the study design was very interesting. And uh, it's always like those game theory snippets, they show us how we, we really behave uh, irrationally. And we were talking about areas where reciprocity heavily applies in our society. And corruption was, was a big one where someone might be asked to perform or look away from an illicit activity in exchange for being bribed. Yeah, so that's a really interesting and kind of unexpected way in which reciprocity plays a huge role in how our world works. Because corruption, if you think about it, it's just a reciprocal agreement. It's positive reciprocity. You pay someone some money and hope that they repay you the favor. Um, you know, if you pay, for example, a politician a sum of money so that they don't, for example, pass some kind of legislation, they could betray you and they could very easily still pass the legislation and take your money. Um, that would be the rational, selfish, standard economic thing to do if that situation was to occur. But um, because we have this desire to behave reciprocally, it's likely that they take the bribe and actually go through with your request and you know not pass that legislation. So it's really interesting how this has such an important consequence on how our world works. And there are many other examples as well of reciprocity on a wide scale. For example, in the healthcare industry, where there were studies that show that, you know, very small, inexpensive meals given to doctors highly correlated with more brand name prescriptions for the doctors. Essentially, uh, this team of researchers examined the prescribing behavior of almost 300,000 physicians. And they found that, you know, even giving them a small, inexpensive meal that was less than $20 uh, was really highly correlated with more brand name prescriptions, which are more expensive than their generic counterparts. So this shows that, you know, reciprocity has a huge impact on how doctors make decisions even. It's not a one-to-one kind of trade. It's a small investment of of a meal less than $20 can lead to hundreds of thousands of prescription decisions. And so this is really important because, you know, branded drugs, they're usually a lot more expensive than the generic ones. Yeah. And it's likely, of course, uh, and the authors of the study mentioned that no party really is aware of this, this effect, because that, you know, that's just Perhaps it's just doctors responding to kindness. They meet a sales rep maybe and they're, and they're being treated nicely. Uh, so it's just an effect of kindness. And of course, no doctor would ever be swayed consciously by, by a meal. Yeah, it's definitely a non-conscious effect. And also what's important is that this is something that it's hard to kind of elicit, right? No doctor would ever want to admit that they're swayed by a small meal. So this link is definitely in the non-conscious, really. And, you know, there are mechanisms in place to um, make sure there's no sort of conscious reciprocity out there. Uh, for example, this, this is a study that was done on U.S. physicians. So um, there is a database in the U.S. where the patients can just look up a doctor's name and see how much doctor earns and any conflicts of interest and anything. So it is quite a transparent process. It's just about reciprocity as returning a favor, right? So if, if an interaction is pleasant and maybe doctors receive something, then they, they might be likelier to return that favor and view that drug more positively as well. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely a big issue in the past when there weren't so many, you know, rules and regulations and also transparency, um, especially here in the US. But 
you know, now that there's some more transparency and also there's been a bit of stigma and pushback kind of ethical social norms that are in place now that uh that this is less frequent slash more frowned upon. That doesn't mean the doctor is unethical by any means. He's just acting in accordance to human nature. Reciprocal relationships can be very valuable when it comes to the patient-ACP relationship, as it can affect how patients view their medical plan, their treatment, um, how they follow their treatment. So, for example, if the physician is pleasant with the patient or or understanding or behaves in a certain way that is appealing to the patient, then they might see following their treatment plan, being consistent as returning the physician a favor. Just have to introduce a personal example here. When I go to a, to a gym class and the trainer is friendly, is nice, uh, makes it look as if, you know, we both have the same goal of me becoming fitter, then I do tend to put in more work. So that's example, an example of a reciprocal relationship at play. It's present as well in the healthcare space. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Similarly, in the healthcare space, you know, if HCPs perceive that their patients are very nice to them, or they have uh, positive perceptions of their patients, they may put in, for example, more consideration, more dedicated effort to helping that patient, vice versa, if, if they don't feel like they have much of a relationship with the patient, or if, you know, they just met the patient for the first time, and they don't really know or have any sort of contact or previous relationship with the patient, they might not put in as much effort. It's even, and this is uh, all part of human nature. It's not like the physicians are intentionally um, trying to to act or favor certain patients in certain ways. It's all unconscious. It's not something that we can blame anyone for. It's just human nature. Yeah. As a bottom line, it always pays off to be nice, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Another example this time in public health, when it comes to reciprocal relationships, for example, in a country where the public don't view the government in a nice light, they don't view the government favorably, then they might not react as well or follow government directives or government guidance and advice, for example, when it comes to vaccinations. The drive to go to vaccinations or to understand why vaccinations are good or to educate themselves and so might be lower. Yeah, absolutely. And we did see that a lot when COVID first hit in several countries. So bottom line is that reciprocity does influence many of our decisions non-consciously. So whether we know it or not, and it can be negative. We can be looking at bribes, for example. Uh, We can be looking at people not wanted to follow public health guidance because of their dislike of a government or mistrust. And it can be positive if ACPs or if a brand behaves in a way that identifies with patients' values, in a way that makes patients feel good about themselves, about the treatment, etc., then they might view that ACP or a certain drug or, or brand more favorably and might be emboldened to react in kind. We also be nice to the doctor or follow the treatments more consistently, keep up their appointments better maybe, or if they're given a sample of a certain drug, they might feel emboldened to try that or shift to that drug in the future if they need it, and maybe to even you know recommend it to their social circle. The point is that reciprocity is around us everywhere, it's there to stay, and it does influence healthcare industry and doctor decisions, influences purchases and buy-ins. Thank you for being with us on this podcast. Catch you next time. Bye for now. Bye. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on shift at hrwhealthcare.com by email, or you can find us on Twitter at hrwshift.